Hello everyone and welcome to The Mix. It is me, Caleb Graham, and today is Monday the 14th of August 2017. And it was a hot one here in Orlando, Florida. And it probably still is, but I am very thankfully in the comfort of my air conditioner in my apartment. And I couldn't be happier at the moment because it was very hot today. I hope everybody had a great weekend, got plenty of rest to get your week started. Uh, I spent my Sunday relaxing most of the day, listening to you know some of my favorite songs. I read a lot of the Harry Potter book, The Chamber of Secrets, which I'm currently on with the Pottermore Book Club. Uh, a lot of fun. If you want to check that out, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, and then I spent the afternoon over at Disney's Hollywood Studios for the last day of the great movie ride. I wrote it one more time with, um, with Matt, and we had a great time and I'm definitely going to miss it. It was one of my favorite rides. One of the reasons I loved Hollywood Studios so much was because that was such a, a fun, interesting ride. It also had a scene from my favorite movie of all time, The Wizard of Oz, at the end, as everyone knows. So definitely going to miss that. But, um, you know, I will have great memories there. So I'm very happy for those. Last night, my favorite show at the moment... I have a lot of favorite TV shows, but one of my favorite shows, Riverdale, won all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the awards that it was nominated for in the Teen Choice Awards. So I'm going to break them all down for you really fast. Choice Scene Stealer went to Camilla Mendez, who plays Veronica. Choice Hissy Fit went to Madeline Petch, probably not saying that right, but she plays Cheryl Blossom. Choice TV Ship went to Hashtag Bughead, which was... Uh, Betty and Jughead, Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse. Choice breakout TV star went to Lily Reinhardt. Now her and KJ Apa, who plays Archie, were both uh, nominated for that one. Lily took it. Uh, choice drama TV actor went to Cole Sprouse, who plays Jughead. And then Choice breakout TV show and Choice drama TV show both went to Riverdale. So it was really great. Um, I was glad that they had all of those awards were done before the broadcast except for the choice drama TV show so um, <laughs> I'm glad for that because I didn't want to sit and watch all the Teen Choice Awards um, <laughs> but <clears throat> anyway so uh, a lot of stuff happened <laughs> over the weekend clearly it was a busy weekend for me um, but here we are it is Monday and we are gonna get started with the mix and I'm gonna bring you some of the news headlines from the weekend If you were not under a rock, which I don't think anybody was over the weekend, you would not have missed the biggest story of the weekend, uh, which was the chaos in Charlottesville. 32-year-old Heather Heyer was killed Saturday when James Alex Fields Jr. drove a vehicle into a crowd of people who were protesting a white supremacy rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. Now, as memorials and vigils are being held uh, in Heather Heyer's honor across the nation, both Democrats and Republicans were calling for President Donald Trump to denounce white supremacy. Uh, both parties also criticized the president for not calling the event an act of terrorism in his address on Saturday afternoon. Um, I've got a couple of quotes for you. On Sunday, George Stephanopoulos tweeted a quote from H.R. McMaster, who is the United States National Security Advisor, and he said, Any time that you commit an attack against people to incite fear, it is terrorism. Uh, Marco Rubio tweeted, uh, quote, Very important at POTUS describe events in hashtag Charlottesville for what they are, a terror attack, hashtag white supremacist. 
Then Bernie Sanders, a Democrat, posted a photo of Heather Heyer on his Instagram and said, quote, Our condolences go out to the family of Heather D. Heyer, who was killed by a terrorist in Charlottesville, Virginia, as she protested neo-Nazism and white supremacy, end quote. And then today, in a speech, Donald Trump did, in fact, denounce white supremacy, saying, quote, Racism is evil. And those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans, Trump said. He went on to say, those who spread violence in the name of bigotry strike at the very core of America, end quote. So it's been quite a weekend, um... And I'm going to have my very first guest on the show here in just a little while. Uh, Travis Moffat's going to be joining me to talk a little bit about uh, his thoughts on what went down this weekend up in Charlottesville. So be on the lookout for that in just a few minutes. The Associated Press is reporting about two individuals who were thought to have been Islamic militants who were shot and killed in an attack in Burkina Faso, West Africa over the weekend. The attack left 18 dead and 8 injured. I would like to hear your thoughts on either one of these uh, big news stories from over the weekend. If you want to call in here on Anchor or tweet me at Caleb Graham, I'd love to hear what you think, and I'll be right back. Now um, into some breaking entertainment news. Right before I started the show, I was reading that the jury in Taylor Swift's trial has ruled in favor of Swift, awarding her $1, which seems to be a formality uh, from what I was reading. Now, uh, Taylor Swift had said that if any money, or if she received any money uh, from the trial, that it would go straight to charity. So it's a little bit of breaking news for you. I'm going to bring a little bit more on that story tomorrow's show. Um, But it seems like she's definitely going to be able to shake it off, hopefully. (laughs) Anyway, um, moving on. Shonda Rhimes has signed a multi-year contract that will have her writing new shows for, you guessed it, Netflix. The Shonda, as we may call her, a lot of people call her The Shonda. Um, You may know her for her famous two TV shows that are currently on ABC, Grey's Anatomy and Scandal. Uh, Scandal is actually about to go into its last season, which is a lot of people are sad about. But all good things must end, sometimes. <laughs> That's the way the saying goes, anyway. But don't worry, um, Shonda Land will not be leaving your primetime ABC schedule. All of her current shows and those that are in development will still be going on as planned. So if you are excited about that new material from Shonda Rhimes, or if you have a favorite Shonda show, Or if you have thoughts on Taylor Swift's trial, I would love to hear what you think about it. Call in here on Anchor and leave me a message or send me a tweet at Caleb Graham on Twitter. And we will be right back after this break. Welcome back to the mix. So if you are an active user and listener here on Anchor, you may have come across my guest today. I would like to very happily welcome my very first guest ever to the mix. He is the president of Connect Global, Travis Moffitt. Travis, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely, Caleb. It's good to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. I really appreciate 
this and you agreeing to do this means a lot to me. For You will forever be, no matter where I go with my journalism career, you'll forever be my first guest on anything I've ever done. So thank you for that. There you go. Well, I'm glad I could help you move one more step forward. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit first. I was listening to your channel earlier today, and you were mentioning about going to Honduras soon. Is that with your company? Yeah, so Connect Global is a nonprofit organization. We, on July 1st of this year, we celebrated six years as an organization, but I've been traveling to Honduras and leading short-term missions teams there for 13 years. So I jokingly say all the time, I'm an American in my body, but I'm a Honduran in my heart, or I say it in Spanish, yo soy el gringo mi cuerpo, pero puro hondureño mi corazón. So I've just kind of fallen in love with the, the people and the, the nation of Honduras. So, yeah, I'll be heading down there Saturday for a week uh, with some of the work that we have going on through Connect Global. Very, very nice. And, and you had mentioned um, that you were working on a uh, maternity facility. Is that something that's getting close to being done, or has that got a little bit of work left on it? Um, yeah, we are very excited about this project. So the, the short story is there's a hospital there in Honduras on the north coast in a city called La Ceiba, which is the third largest city in Honduras. It's a very busy hospital. They deliver about 100 babies every week. And uh, because of the poverty and the um, rural nature that a lot of the residents of Honduras live in, who then subsequently travel to this hospital to deliver their babies, Many times the mothers are undernourished, malnourished during pregnancy, so their babies are born underweight and malnourished and oftentimes premature. The hospital has a great NICU for the babies, so they have a place to admit the babies to, to help them grow, but there's no place for the mothers. So if a mother delivers a baby, baby's underweight, baby's got to stay in the hospital now for usually one to two weeks, and the mother will have a bed in the hospital as a patient for one to two days. So then after that, the moms literally sleep on a tile floor in an open-air corridor right outside of the NICU. It has a roof, mm. but it's, it's basically outside. And uh, so they're there so that they can care for their children and they can nurse their children and be with their child while the child's growing. Because many of these mothers, you got to understand, Caleb, live five, six, seven, eight hours away from the hospital in means of travel that are not very comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. So they're not going to go home without their baby. So the mm -hmm. hospital about two years ago asked us to build a house for these mothers uh, so that they would have a place to, to stay. So we immediately said, yes, absolutely, we'll do that. And then we started working with builders, working with contractors, trying to narrow down exactly uh, the project cost. So the whole project is going to cost about $210,000. So far, a little over $100,000 has come in for the project, which is just we're so super excited about that. So when I'm there in two weeks, or I'm sorry, next week, I'll be meeting with our builder, meeting with the hospital, meeting with our attorney, and just finalizing the contracts. And then our goal would be to break ground uh, later this year. That's what we're shooting for. And then during the construction process, we'll raise, our plan would be to raise the rest of the funds, another $110,000 or so, uh, to, to fully complete the, the project. So we're very excited that the funds have come in. We've had people just, financially partner with us in such amazing ways that it's been very, very overwhelming. But I'll tell you what, I'm so excited for the day that I'm going to walk down that corridor for the last time and take these mothers by the hand and walk them to this 24-bed house. That'll be theirs. They'll, they'll stay in it while their child is getting healthy, and then they can, they can go back to their, to their home. 
I can only imagine the smiles on their faces. <laughs> it's going to be so, pretty incredible. Now, if if anyone who's listening um, was interested in helping you out or donating uh, funds or anything like that, is there any place that they could go to to do that? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Uh, you can go right to our website, GoServeChange.com. That's our website, GoServeChange.com. And uh, we have you know, secure online giving there. Uh, through the web, if someone would want to give that way, if someone wants to mail us a check, our mailing address is right there on the website. And I'll say this too, if there are people listening who say, you know, I'd love to financially partner, but maybe I can't right now, but I'd like to go with you, you know, especially if there's any craftsmen or tradesmen, plumbers, electricians, brick masons, anything like that, we will be organizing several teams uh, from the latter part of this year and then throughout 2018 uh, of people who would want to go down. We, we take teams to Honduras three to five times every year. So this trip next week actually will be my third trip into Honduras this year, and then we have another one scheduled in October. Um, so if there's people who want to join us, you can get all that information on our website, GoServeChange.com. If someone would like to make a donation towards this, we are a nonprofit organization, uh, so you would get you know, full tax-deductible credit for that. And the way that we fundraise for projects is we keep our administrative budget separate. So any donations made towards the maternity house, 100% of that would go towards the maternity house. And I don't know if you uh, know much about nonprofit organizations. That's not the norm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you track back to the, to the hundreds of millions of dollars that were raised for Haiti uh, a couple of years back after the earthquake. Mm-hmm. And the lion's share of that actually never left the United States because there are right. administrative costs and things like that for nonprofits. We just function, mm-hmm. we, we raise our administrative costs differently. And mm-hmm. uh, so anything given towards the maternity house, 100% goes to, to the maternity house. Okay. Well, I will definitely post that on my social media and on the website too so that if people Thank are you. listening, they can find it that way that. as well. Absolutely. Um, so earlier uh, in the show today, I was talking about, uh, you know, kind of a little bit on the news and headlines from what happened in Charlottesville this past weekend. And yep. <clears throat> I have a quote actually from you, from your segment. I think it was yesterday. Um, And you simply quoted that I am a Christian, white, conservative, North American from the South. So Mm -hmm. my question to you would be, having said that, what are kind of your general thoughts on exactly what happened? Um. I can speculate. Obviously, I was not there, uh, so I, I don't want to be presumptuous. Um, but from what I understand is that most of the uh, initial protesters, uh, my understanding is that the lion's share of them came from out of state. They were not even Virginia residents. So mm-hmm. most of these um, you know, white supremacist groups and neo-Nazi groups and KKK groups and, and, and these groups that were brought in were literally brought in. Um, mm-hmm. There's another channel here on Anchor called Life with Kurt, and he made a great observation. Uh, he said, you've got to understand that there are organizers for events like this who will literally pay people to come in and antagonize the situation. So when you mm-hmm. look at the people who came in to protest the removal of a, of a monument, that was not even in their town. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If, it were, if it were residents of Charlottesville who said, okay, we disagree with the city council, and so we'd like to have a peaceful protest regarding the decision of city council, 
whatever their motivations, even if their motivations were, were hate-driven and racist-driven, that would be obviously inappropriate, but at least within their reasonable right to say, I'd like to voice my opposition to this. So these are people who are brought in from out of state with body armor, I mean, virtually body armor. I mean, you, you see the picture, they're wearing helmets, they've, they've got mm-hmm. makeshift shields, they've got clubs, they've got mace. They didn't just like stumble upon that in the street. So these, mm-hmm. these guys came for a fight. They came mm-hmm. to pick a fight. Now, what's horrible about that, in my opinion, is that the motivation of, of let's go pick a fight just simply because we hate other people is already horrific. Mm-hmm. But you add to that the desire, I fully believe, the desire for some sort of national attention, which they got, and then you allow that situation to escalate into now a person loses their life. That's, that's absurd. And you can mm-hmm. back all of that up to the, the heart of the matter, which is racial divides and, and uh, racism with, within our country. And so the statement that I made uh, here on Anchor, and, and I shared that on some of my on social media platforms, Mm-hmm. That as a as a Christian white uh, Southerner, you know, I was born in Lubbock, Texas. I said this on the on the on the uh, segment. I was born in Lubbock, Texas. I grew up in Eatonton, Georgia. I lived most of my life my life in Central Georgia, which is a very racially segregated town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as a young child, I was able to watch uh, just racism unfold right right in front of my face. So as as a white man who loves Jesus, who's from the South. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, the popular media would say that I fit the mold of the neo-Nazi groups. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be very clear in saying this is not the ideology and this is not the um, the belief system that represents all white men from the South and all white men in the United States. I think that the actions of these neo-Nazi groups and the KKK groups and the white supremacist groups were combative and hate-driven, and I adamantly opposed them. Um, do you think one of the the big topics after all these things was <clears throat> a lot of people seemed to be upset that the president did not call it a terrorist act? I mentioned a couple of quotes earlier um, today of people on both sides that thought that he should have called it that. And you look back to um, other attacks that have happened and you see where in, it just seems to be the norm in most cases, any other religion outside of Christianity, they immediately call it terrorism. So, I mean, would you personally call this a terrorist attack? Um, My opinions on the terminology for a terrorist attack may be different than, than popular media. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that any time a group is trying to elicit fear in another group, then mm-hmm. that is a, that is a, an attack of terror. That is an, a, a terrorist oriented attack. I think mm-hmm. in media, we, we like to use the word, Oh, it's a terrorist attack because that's been, that's been pop. That's been the popular terminology since, 9-11, quite frankly, right. in my opinion. And mm-hmm. so I think that the terminology um, sometimes loses its 
value when everything is called a terrorist attack. And then we want to jump mm-hmm. on the president and say, well, he didn't call it a terrorist attack, so he's, he's doing the wrong thing. Do I think that, that he missed an opportunity to really come out and position himself and be more confrontational to these groups yesterday? Now, I understand he had some tweets and quotes today that were, were much more condemning. Uh, yeah, he groups. condemned pretty much all of the groups in a speech today. You're right, yes. Right. But could he have done that yesterday and that been a much better opportunity for him politically? Absolutely. I think he totally mm-hmm. missed that opportunity to, to do that. Do I think it's a terrorist attack? I think it is because mm-hmm. I think here you have organized groups of people coming into not even their town, not even their state with the intent of picking a fight to elicit fear in other um, groups that are not of their race. I mean, what else do you call it? Mm-hmm. When I live uh, here, and I live in Orlando, and I've mm-hmm. been here for about six years, so I was here uh, when Pulse happened. Um, actually knew some people from work who were there that night. Um, yeah. And I remember in one of the press conferences, I can't remember exactly which one because there were a lot of them, but um, in one of the pretty publicized ones, they brought um, religious leaders from different beliefs together. And mm-hmm. they all talked about it. There was a, there was a Muslims, Christians, every, they were all there and they were, you know, mentioned how they wanted to work together to try to just have a more, I, I guess, peaceful world. And so do you think that that's something that is possible with there being different beliefs and different people that they worship? Do you think that there's, a, that there is the possibility of having more unification in across religions of just trying to end these types of things, the radicalism. Uh, absolutely. Um, it may not be in the way that people perceive it. And here's what I mean by that. So I am mm-hmm. a Christian. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't define myself as a Christian because I go to a Christian church or I follow a particular set of Christian creeds. Uh, I consider myself to be in a personal relationship with Jesus. So to me, Christianity is much more about relationship than it is even about a creed or a list of commandments. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when, if, if you were to call yourself a disciple of Christ or a disciple of anything, you know, my son studies martial arts. And so his instructor is discipling him in martial arts. You know what I'm saying? So my son follows what his instructor does. And so as a disciple of Jesus, I follow what Jesus did. And so as disciples of Jesus, I think that it is high time that Christians in America stood up and said, it is time to seek reconciliation. Reconciliation is not about picking a fight with other groups, even if we disagree theologically. So I may disagree with people of other faiths theologically, but what did Jesus do? So the Bible says that Jesus, knowing he had come from God and was going to return to God, took off his coat, wrapped a towel around his waist, and washed his disciples' feet. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. And so as a disciple of Jesus, the way in which I believe that Christian religious leaders and Muslim religious leaders, to, to kind of look at those two groups specifically, because um, I think that's, that's more the reference that you were even, even talking about in the, the attacks that happened in Orlando, to come together 
the, the ideology of Christianity is that we take on the role of a servant. And so when Christian leaders come to a position that they're willing to serve other people, even if they are of other faiths and other religions and other ideologies, whether they're Muslim, whether they're atheist, whether they're agnostic, whether you agree with my, 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 my doctrinal perspective or not, I'm going to take on the position that I'm going to serve you. And when that happens, I believe that we will find dialogue and we will find positions of peace in which we can collaborate. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for all of that. I that was hopefully that was we'll get some listeners and that they'll they'll take heed to some of the stuff you said. That was some some good some good words. I appreciate all of that. And I have a very important Absolutely. question for you before we wrap this interview up. Sure. Are you yeah. excited about the new Star Wars movie? Oh, dude, come on, man. Dude, I don't. <laughs> I think I mentioned this earlier in my uh, in my segment today. But everything yes, I was a that's kid, why I, I asked. Nineteen. Right. 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 So I was born in 1973, so, you know, right after, uh, you know, when I was still a kid, then, you know, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope comes out. And so I've just tracked along with Star Wars uh, from the time I was a kid, you know, and what's hilarious mm-hmm. is my son is seven, and so I've tried to get him involved in Star Wars, and he's like, no, nope, Dad, I don't get it. I don't, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I don't get it. So I'm oh, working no, on him. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to use all my force powers, you know, to, to work on <laughs> But, yes, absolutely, because um, uh, the um, – the last one, oh, I can't even think of the name of it, but the one that came out two years ago, I was so the Force, the Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Dude, oh, man, I was so disappointed. And then the <laughs> one that just came out as far as Rogue One, I oh, was uh-huh. so fantastic. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping beyond hope that Disney can finally get it right. I think they mm-hmm. did much better. And I know a lot of people didn't like Rogue One maybe as much as I did. Um, yeah. But, yes. Uh, that may be a, a long answer to your question. I'm very excited about the Star no, Wars movie. That's fine because uh, I am too. I'm a huge out. Star Wars fan. I'm a huge yeah, Star Wars absolutely. fan as well. So I'm super excited. You're going to have to – maybe you can uh, bring bring your son up here to Disney sometime. And if he sees some of the Star Wars stuff in the in the parks, he might spark his interest a little bit, especially when Star Wars Land comes out. Yeah, you know, we're right over in Tampa, and we, we haven't yeah. taken him to Disney yet, but we've been we've been talking about that. So Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. If you want to uh, find out more about Travis and what he does, uh, you can go to his website, GoServeChange.com. And where can we find you on social media, Travis? Uh, so on Facebook, I have a public profile page at Facebook forward slash CG for Connect Global, CG.TravisMoffitt. That's my public profile page. Mm-hmm. Um, I live stream. I speak a lot publicly in churches here in the United States, as well as in churches and sittings in Honduras. And I've been live streaming all those, so you can find a lot of archives and things like that there. And then on uh, I'm on Instagram, which is kind of a more personal account with my wife and I, but it's public still. And mm-hmm. that's Instagram uh, forward slash Travis and Gina. It would be our um, our Instagram name. So those are probably the two best places. And then Connect Global, our organization, you can find on our website, GhostOfChange.com. You can find us on Instagram at iConnectGlobal. You can find us on Twitter at iConnectGlobal and on Facebook at Connect Global. Awesome. And, of course, they can listen to you right here all the time on Anchor. Thank you again so much for coming on, and we will be right back. Hey, welcome back. 
Again, I would like to thank Travis Moffitt so, 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 so much for joining me today. If you would like to jump into the mix, please join the conversation. I am looking to get people involved with this podcast. Um, I would love to have you call in, share your thoughts, etc. So let me hear from you. I would just would love it so much. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Caleb Graham, on Facebook at Caleb Graham TV, or you can visit my website, calebgrahamtv.com. And as always, you can find me right here where you can call into the show on Anchor at anchor.fm slash Caleb Graham. Or if you have the Anchor app, you can search for Caleb Graham or the Mix with Caleb Graham and call in. Let me hear from you. Before I wrap up for today, I wanted to share a tweet that I read last week. It is from um, a page called Kindness Matters, and I feel like it's appropriate with everything that's been going on this past weekend. It was, quote, love, compassion, and kindness are what makes our life completely beautiful in so many ways, even when there's uncertainty, fear, and pain. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, add something new to The Mix.